Welcome back to the Pool Pro Podcast. We know indoor pools in your route can be an issue with high bather loads and inadequate ventilation systems. How do you improve water and air quality on these pools? If you want to know, listen up. Uh, welcome, Kevin. Hey, Dave. Hey, Michelle. Thanks for hey, having me. Hey, nice to see you. Kevin, maybe we can uh, have you tell us a little bit about your background and your company, Councilman Hunsaker. Sure, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> Hey, my name is Kevin Post. I'm one of the principals of Councilman Hunsaker. We are a aquatic planning design and uh, operational consulting firm. Uh, we have offices in St. Louis, Denver, Dallas, and Los Angeles. Our primary service is uh, the design of commercial swimming pools. Uh, but we also do facility audits, feasibility studies. We've also worked closely with the American Red Cross doing uh, risk assessments uh, and training services. And we work with the uh, PHTA uh, as well as many other organizations on our so we yeah. try to provide uh, support and knowledge to the aquatic industry. Kevin, I'm, I'm glad to have a chance to talk to you today, too. I, I, I've got some questions and concerns myself about commercial pools. We did, our family did a, a extensive amount of traveling uh, over the last couple of summers and stayed at hotels across the different parts of the country, the Pacific Northwest and the Midwest. And, and uh, one of the things that I've, I'm really thinking about and I'm kind of appalled about is, is the, the quality of water in most of these pools. Um, they're, they're sold as an amenity to the property, but you go in there on a Saturday afternoon, the water's gray and cloudy. It's been out of chlorine for who knows how long. If it's an indoor pool, I, I walked into an indoor pool and uh, a hotel with an indoor pool in Michigan and um, standing at the counter signing in to check in my eyes were burning from the chlorine in the pool at the other end of the property and it was an indoor pool so um i what are what are some things where, where are we at with this and what are some things that can be done to mitigate these these problems well you're, you're pointing out um you know very specific market area that, that hotel motel and as we look at you know studies from the cdc and um, this information is even in some of the annex from the Monoquatic Health Code about where, um, you know, our inspections and, and where those, um, you know, risks were. It was a lot of those hotel motels that don't have a certified trained pool operator um, inspect them, them on a daily basis, which is really what is the standard for, from a commercial standpoint. Um, so that's really the, the base of it is, is starting with just proper, um, people on site with the proper training and knowledge to, to manage the situation because indoor pools are, are challenging. So, you know, some of the things that you're facing that you see is, you know, I always remind people that indoor pools, the space, um, the challenge with the space is the fact that it has a pool, not that it's indoor. If right. you took the pool out, you'd probably be able to breathe just fine. Yeah. Yeah. So we have sure. to, we have to remember uh, the pools is where it starts. Uh, but then also the, the air, um, is obviously where the problem is going to lie. And the reality is if you have people in a pool, you're probably going to have some reaction in the air. And so we're going to have to have basically both. So both parts are, are, are key to the success with dealing with indoor air. Um, obviously, from the pool standpoint, we want to start with it's, it's the chloramines um, that are being created and off-gassing that is what's creating that, that main problem. Um, so the first thing there is also starting not only just with the water chemistry and water balance, but also the, the users. 
And so educating users to shower before they get in, don't pee before they get in. Um, also just, you know, the, the, the proper, um, you know, maintenance associated with, uh, um, the cleaning side, not just maintaining water chemistry, but just upkeep uh, on fresh water and dilution. That's one thing. If there's anything good that might come out of this whole pandemic situation that we're having, it's people are more concerned about or aware of spreading disease. Yeah. And I'm thinking if you can get somebody to wear a mask, you probably got at least a better chance of getting them to shower before they get in a pool. We, right. we might be able to just kind of piggyback off of this thing and start educating people that as pools open up and as they start to use them again, that, that maybe changing their behavior in the pool will, will uh, be beneficial. Yeah. What's interesting about that, um, if we talk about European standards, you know, in Europe, they do treat um the water like drinking water in pools where in the u.s we treat it like bath water we think we get in and it's going to clean us and, and in in europe they want to be clean before they get in <laughs> right and, and so what you're saying absolutely if we can change the mindset that we need to be clean before getting in so we don't share diseases and spread that's going to solve a lot of the problems right off the bat yeah and indoor air quality is a big deal we've talked about this many times in the past kevin um you know, big commercial water parks and all that stuff. It seems like it's always a problem. And the ventilation system or the, the air system they have that's taking care of it is still an issue for a lot of places. And I'm not sure we've 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 capitalized or or figured that complete problem out, have we? I wouldn't say that we figured it out. You know, right now it's the all hands on deck approach. So we start with the water, we talk about the users, and then you talk about the air quality. We do know that the chloramines are heavier than air and they're riding low. And so we need to make sure we pull them off and, and get them. So there's the you know, new products that look at source capture. When mm. we uh, you know, do new HVAC design, we wanna make sure that those returns are, are really low, that they're pulling that, that low air. Um, and, and when we, we do that, we actually see a great you know, impact. Um, the other wow. part is the, the amount of fresh air. And you know, obviously more fresh air is better, but it also costs more. So we're balancing energy efficiency with user comfort and air quality. Um, so if we have facilities that are bringing in a lot more fresh air, you can tell that the air quality is good, but the, the energy bill, you know, they may need to be in a climate that can support that. Yeah. And it's usually like a humid climate in there. People like that, you know, they like to go in and feel like they're kind of in a tropical environment. And so bringing in that fresh air causes a problem there, right? Uh, it, it can from a user standpoint, but honestly, the pool is going to be so humid anyway, it's still going to be typically more humid than the environment you're in. Yeah, uh, right. If they knew it could breed in a humid environment, they might not feel as fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the reality, the drier, the better, um, but it's hard to keep it dry enough because you got a big body of water in the middle of that room. Yeah. Do you, do you have any suggestions for, obviously, a, a service tech that rolls up to a, a pool like that as a new account, they're not gonna be able to completely redesign the air handling system in the water. What are some things that we can do though to, to uh, improve indoor air quality just from a, from a equipment, pool equipment and service standpoint? Yeah, so obviously yeah, you're not gonna be able to modify um, the, the, the equipment, the ventilation equipment, but certainly check. Uh, a lot of times we find that they're not balanced, they're not operating correctly or their, their ventilation and fresh air settings aren't you know, maximized. So first thing is do check that the equipment they have is, is really functioning well. 
Um, then the next part is go back to the pool where that's where we can control. So um, educating the homeowner, making sure they're not using products around it or you know, putting anything in it that uh, is making things worse. You know, homeowners probably not going to uh, care about showering before they get into their own pool, but if they no. can keep uh, some soap and some other things out of it, that, that might help. Um, but then the next part is looking at enhancing the water quality. So, you know, we, we mentioned that chlorine or bromine, you know, those are our still most common um, products, uh, but they're also the ones that are then creating those chloramines that are, that are doing the off-gassing. Um, the use of supplemental sanitizers, things like uh, UV, ozone, uh, even you know, new products out there, the AOP, advanced oxidation that, um, process that creates hydroxyl radicals. Um, these are all um, you know, things that can basically assist the chlorine, make sure it's not doing all the work, knocks, takes out some of the chloramines so we're not off-gassing. Um, and they, they typically can all be added to an existing system. Yeah. And then um, we, we talked with uh, James Ambergy, and he, he's a big proponent of, of efficient filtration. Um, you got to get the stuff out of the water that, that reacts and causes chloramines in the first place. So what are, what are some things uh, from the filtration side we could look at? Yeah, so um, yeah, one of the things that I've looked at in the past is, is, and what I need to bring it up is, as we filter like into a sand media, we're holding that whatever we capture in that sand bed for weeks, days, you know, maybe a month, and it's going through that breakdown reaction process. Um, you know, there's new filter medias, things that, um, you know, can, can take that out quicker, can filter down to fi finer particulate. A very interesting one um, that I have a presentation on that I've done on pool technologies is from the fish hatchery standpoint. So it's a drum filter um, and, and the, the idea is that fish hatcheries are disgusting and a filter would be clogged up very quickly. So this drum filter filters through gravity as water goes through and every 15 minutes it rotates and rinses itself off. Therefore, and, and it's basically meant to get like skin cells and the, and the big products pre-pump. Uh, and then it would still go through your normal filtration process thereafter. But what it's doing is from a pool standpoint would immediately remove the skin before it has a chance to make it to the main filter and be broken down by the chlorine and become chloramines. Um, so that's, you know, one, the idea is just if we can get things out quicker or filter more, um, you know, then we can change what we're doing. And a lot of times we're still using sand filters, which is a uh, technology that's been around for, for decades and decades. Yes. The, the filter itself has been around for decades, but there are some new media choices available. What are your thoughts on, on what's your favorite media uh, for a sand filter? Um, well, for a sand filter, I think one of the newest medias I've seen is the, is the green, uh, green glass media. Um, I have not had a lot of personal experience, but I've seen a lot of the science and research done by it. And it's very fascinating that it um, still is doing the filtration process, but it also has, I believe, some kind of magnetic process that you know, it's helping grab some additional particulate um, and it can help do some breakdown in, in the filter as well. So in my understanding is it's pr pretty much a comparable, you know, swap out from a, from a sand. Um, I know there's also been a lot of studies of just kind of blending medias in the sand filter. So like adding pearl, a layer of perlite on top. So you get that extra filtration on the surface. When you backwash, that would obviously go out, but then you would just reload that, that small layer. That's, that's great. Now, um, do, 
a lot of these pools have DE and cartridge filters. Um, do you, are, are they adequate? Are they something that should be looked at, possibly changed out? So I think the DE filters are still great all around. I think the difference is that we just see them using perlite as a um, synthetic media, so it's easier to handle. Um, it also flows down, you know, our, our sewage pipes better, so it doesn't get clogged up and can be, you know, where, where DE has to be, you know, captured and, and disposed of properly. So just looking at filters that can utilize a synthetic media, uh, but that the, the filter itself and the properties really all stay the same and still very just great filter. And then same as cartridge. The only downside of cartridge is the amount of cartridge filter you need. So from a backyard pool, not a big deal. On commercial, if you want to do a large water park wave pool, you need a lot of cartridges and it would take you a long time to clean up. Um, but outside of that, you know, it filters to a fine particulate and, you know, easy to service, um, low water usage from a backwash. You don't have the mess of DE everywhere too when you, when you do clean them. Yeah, you don't have to put on proper PPEs and all that fun stuff, so. I don't know, I've seen some cartridges where I was tempted to though. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what you find, you might still need to be protected. No. <laughs> yes, and from a design, we, we also, when we talked to Ted Camp from Water Club about filtration, you know, there's this, this concept of, you know, builders and service, and sometimes the service guys, if they, if they you know, I guess, the di dichotomy of, you know, the designer or the builder put it, specking in a particular filtration system and, you know, this, then the service guy takes it over and potentially if they want to switch out the type of filter and the equipment pad doesn't, isn't adequate or the, the size that they need to be able to, you know, depending on the different sizes of the filtration system. And so there's, there's sometimes a disconnect between the two. Any thoughts on that, um, Kevin, from, from backyard pool perspective? Well, the first thought is this is not a unique to backyard pools or filters. I mean, we, or our industry. Um, you look at car manufacturing, and so you talk about that too. Um, when they build it, they don't necessarily consider how you're going to maintain it or service it. Yeah, and true. I think that's where um, some of the disconnect is. Uh, the the build side oftentimes is looking at a price. You know, they're trying to meet a budget, and we see that also on the commercial standpoint. When we're we're focused on a one-time budget, we might make a choice that costs us a lot more money in the long run. And again, it's not also related to filters. It could be about your, um, you know, pool size, pool finish, uh, chemical mm -hmm. treatment. When we talk about commercial pools, even the, the type of amenities you select and how it's going to impact your, your operation, lifeguard usage. So there, one of the things we talk about with um, commercial side is programming proceeds design. And what we are talking about is the, what you're going to do with the pool is how you should make decisions more than the one-time build cost and, and, and impacts. And so yes. I think that applies to the filter. So how do you plan to service it? Who's going to service it? What um, you know, services available in your area? Are there water restrictions? You, know, you have to ask all those questions about how you're going to use this long-term to make the right decision up front. Um, Something else that, is the budgeting decision up front. Um, a lot of times it, there are supplemental systems, ozone, AOP, UV, uh, that are proposed and they get cut because of, of the initial cost. But uh, for instance, I, I do a lot of work with ozone systems. Ozone systems are going to reduce the amount of chlorine you have to use. And 
because it takes care of the oxidizing part of it and the chlorine can, can work on it at being a residual and attacking what gets introduced to the water as, it, um, as people get in. But the other thing that it does by reducing the amount of chlorine that you add to the water, every, every form of chlorine we use is, is a compound. It, you're not just adding chlorine, you're adding salt in the, in, if you're using liquid, you're using calcium, if it's calhypo, you're adding cyanuric acid with the other types. So all you're adding stuff that's gonna build up in the water and, and either cause you problems down the road or force you to drain the pool or, or uh, change the water more frequently. So there, there's a balance and an economic benefit and savings, even though there's an initial cost to these, these and the end, what they do to the water in terms of improving the quality is yeah is worth it yeah i mean ozone aop uv they all are great examples they have a high upfront cost but almost no cost ongoing right i mean they're, they they are they're not something you have to keep buying over and over again and so it's looked at once but if you really look at a five-year ten-year period um you would have saved yourself a lot of money Yes. They, they, uh, they all do re require a certain amount of annual maintenance. Ozone systems have to re be rebuilt. Most of the AOP systems have some sort of cartridge that has to be replaced. UV, you have to change the bulbs. But even still, um, I, I think it, the benefits to the water and, and the chemical savings, it, it's definitely worth looking at. Thanks so much, Kevin. We appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe in Colorado. and. He's in Evergreen, Dave. I don't know if you've ever been to Evergreen, but it's a beautiful area I mean, right outside. Yeah, I, I lived in Dillon for a long time. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That so. might beat me. <laughs> <laughs> Stay safe, you guys. We'll talk soon, okay? Thanks, Thanks Kevin. A new voice in the industry. A resource for all. Education for you. This is Pool Pro Podcast. Build relationships and share important news as we get ready for our next backyard adventure. Pool Pro Podcast. Backyard adventures are better together. Please take a moment to share, like, and review our content with all of those that would be interested.